The 2022 NFL Draft is in the book, so let's take a way look ahead for what they got cooking in 2023. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Travis Rogers. Thanks for checking out the pod. Click that subscribe button right there on your feed. Maybe it's a check mark. Maybe it's a plus. Maybe it's a bookmark. Whatever you want to do, make sure that you click it, and then you get Locked on Rams in your feed every single day. Not only do I host this podcast, but I also host the Rams pregame and postgame show on their flagship station, ESPN 710 have been doing that since the Rams came back to LA back in 2016. We got a good podcast scheduled for you. So obviously the Rams draft is in the book. So who's feeling a little better after the draft and maybe who's feeling a little bit worse after we'll get you both of those lists coming up in just a little bit. We know that we, they picked up Troy Hill uh, during the draft in a trade with Cleveland. So what exactly was it that they missed about Troy Hill that made them want to bring them back? That's coming up as well, but let's get right into it. So the 2022 draft went by. We know that the team only had uh, their first pick, I should say, was not until very late in the third round, a compensatory pick waited at number 104. So they had to wait a while. They had to wait until well into the second day before they could start making picks and we know how they've gone about it, that the whole less need philosophy of F them picks, give me the players, you can have my picks, and we'll go from there. And it served the Rams incredibly well. Obviously, they're sitting here as the defending Super Bowl champions, so it's certainly a, a philosophy that has borne some fruit along the way. But now uh, they're getting ready to play in their season, but you're always kind of planning ahead if you're an NFL executive. You're always trying to figure out exactly what's coming up next for you and for your team and where you have assets and where you have some deficiencies. So let's take a look at where they sit heading into the 2023 draft, which is just, you know, just a very small shade under a year from right now. Um, they actually have a little bit of action, right? For the first time in a very long time, uh, they've got some stuff. They've got some assets that are at least things that you might expect near the top of the draft. Um, not a first round pick, obviously, but let's just kind of go through this and and explain and, and, and talk about what it means. They still do not have a first round pick. That is another first round pick that is off the board because they traded for Matthew Stafford. So let's stop right there for a second. Would you rather have a first round pick next season or would you rather have Matthew Stafford as your quarterback for the next several seasons? Seems like a pretty easy one for me. Give me Matthew Stafford. The Rams will have a second round pick. Obviously, they spent a second round pick on Tutu Atwell a couple of drafts ago. You know, so far to this point, it really hasn't worked out all that well for them. But you're picking inside the first 64 players, 65 players, whatever it is. Um, you would expect to get a pretty good player at that position. And here's the other thing: a second round pick, depending on where you you land. You know, let's just it's not shoot for the moon and say they go back to back Super Bowl, but they're, they're, you know, barring something unusual happening, they're probably going to make the playoffs. So that pick is somewhere in the twenties. So by the time it comes back to you again in the second round, you're talking about a pick somewhere in the forties. You can use that pick to go get something else you want. If you're thinking, I don't need to pick the 44th player in the draft this upcoming season, give me 
uh, an edge rusher. Give me another corner. Give me a wide receiver, a running back, whatever, a tight end. Maybe maybe there's an injury and you need to pick up uh, a player along the way. That is a pick that has some real value to it, and you can flip that for something else. So that second-round pick, something they didn't have this year, something that they will have in 2023. They will have one third-round pick. Again, maybe that's the point where they feel like they're getting their most value. This is not something that you can potentially flip for a big-name NFL player, but maybe it is something that you can use to pick somebody that rounds out your roster, like they're, they're, they're hoping happened this last draft when they take the offensive lineman from Wisconsin, right? You need a little offensive line depth. We can find that in the third round. We'll take that. We'll put that in our back pocket, and we'll keep it moving. So some, some value in there. No fourth-round pick. That one went to New England when they made the trade for Sony Michelle. Um, again, Sony Michelle is not a part of what they're going to be doing moving forward. That, that, that goes without saying. Um, that being said, though, Sony Michelle was an important part of what they were able to do last season. That with Cam Akers hurt, Daryl Henderson hurt, they did not have anybody available to them. So they had to go make a trade. They went and got Michelle, and he was a very useful player for them in their run to a Super Bowl. Was he the second coming of Marshall Falk or Eric Dickerson? Of course not. Was he good enough to keep them where they needed to be so they could go win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. Would you trade a fourth-round pick for what you got out of him? Absolutely you would. So that's value right there. No fifth-round pick. They did that because now all of a sudden you got Troy Hill coming back. We'll talk about that coming up in the next segment. A NFL, a functioning NFL player or a pick that may or may not make your team. Again, it seems pretty easy to me. They actually have some assets in the third round. They, have, or excuse me, the sixth round. They have three picks. They have their own pick, and they got a couple of other picks coming back from trades that they made. Uh, one last season, Corey Bajorquez to Green Bay, and then of course Robert Woods this most recent offseason to Tennessee. So you got three seventh, or excuse me, sixth round picks along the way. Then you've got one pick in the seventh round. You get that from the Michael Brockers trade that you made uh, a couple of off seasons ago. And then the seventh round pick that you own yourself, it goes the other way with Bajorquez. Again, you've got, what's that? Four picks in the last two rounds of the draft. That's where you're going for bulk, right? That's where you're going for. If I find, if I have four picks and I can flip this and find a guy that makes my team, a guy that plays on my team, that's a win. You know, four picks in the last, two rounds you're not looking for starters you're not looking for pro bowls if you find them great it's found money but if you can find four picks late in the draft and you find a player or two who sticks and make your team maybe they're a special team specialist maybe they bring you some depth and some positions that maybe you don't quite have what you would like at this point those are incredibly valuable picks so while you're still waiting for that first round pick to come back around again and you finally do have a second round pick, you look at the assets they have, you look at the way that they've used it, and you're looking ahead to 2023, and they're in a position of strength all over again, whether they want to use them to flip for for current NFL players or whether you just want to make some selections in those points, they are in a very, very good spot. And Matthew Stafford for a first-round pick, come on, man. Like You're going to find a player that's going to have a bigger impact on your team than what you have in Stafford right now. All right, one of those picks that did leave was that fourth-round pick. Troy Hill is coming back to Los Angeles. What exactly is it that they missed about Troy Hill? Why did they decide to bring him back? That's coming up next. We're getting closer to Mother's Day, right? And maybe you're married. Maybe you've got uh, your mom, your grandma, somebody that's important to you in your life, and you want to say thanks for all the wonderful things that they've done for you. BlueNile.com is a great way to show her how much you care about everything that she has done for you. Fine jewelry. I'm talking about things like diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, tennis bracelets, gold layering jewelry, jewelry that is absolutely stunning and beautiful and 
look, you can design it yourself. And if you're thinking, if you're a little bit like me, like, you know, kind of what you want to give it, you don't know exactly how to lay it out. This is where Blue Nile can really kind of take it to a whole nother level because I don't know anything about that stuff either, but they do. If you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. They can find something very clean and classic and elegant. Maybe you're going for something that's a little bit more of a statement piece. BlueNile.com has you covered on both of these. They're celebrating all of the special women in your life, and this is how you do it. Give mom something that she's going to treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off 500 This podcast exclusive, excuse me, this podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day, but you got to use the code Locked On. That's the code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and assures, and it arrives, I should say, in discreet packaging that won't give away the beautiful gift that you've selected that's inside that box. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. She's going to love it. Thanks again for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Click that subscribe button on your podcast feed. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well. Our Locked on Rams YouTube channel is a great way to take in the podcast as well. Okay, so the Rams obviously drafted a, a, a large handful of players along the way. They also acquired one of their old players. They've got Troy Hill is coming back uh, next season. It was, you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. Or I should say, you know, it's not the, the biggest name in the world to go and get him, but it's a player that I think can really help them. They got Troy Hill coming back, and it cost them a fifth-round pick in next year's draft. That's something that we just talked about. And Troy Hill had his best time as an NFL player with the Rams. The season that he had with the, the Browns, eh, kind of kind of a bit of a mixed bag, maybe a little bit underwhelming along the way, but they had a lot of depth at quarterback, or excuse me, cornerback uh, in Cleveland, and the Rams realized that they had an ability. I, I want to read a quote from Sean McVay here because I think this speaks to what they were looking for and what they decided to do in bringing him back. Quote, He's a guy that played really good football for us, especially in the first year we were running a version of this system when we first got Coach Staley. And then obviously Raheem has put his own spin on it, but I think just the overall production, the position flex, the ability to be able to play that nickel, that star position, be able to play outside. Sean McVay went on to say, he's a guy we're very familiar with, and as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder. So you appreciate Troy when you look back on how well he played throughout the course of his career since I got here. But I just think the overall instincts, the toughness that's required to be able to play inside with the way this game has evolved and where you're part of the run fit, but you've also got great concept trigger awareness ball skills. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take this out of Sean McVay speak and, you know, we've got a guy here that does this and that, and I, I don't do a very good Sean McVay impression, but what he's saying is this is a guy that knows what we do. This is a guy that can help us in the run game. This is a guy that we can put in the slot, in the star position. This is a guy that we can put outside if we have to. This is a guy we can put high. This is a guy we can put in the box. This is a guy we can put him all over the field. And he understands what we do. He's an athlete. He can make plays. He can make things happen on the fly. This is why we brought him back. This is not something that we hope fits. This is something that we know fits, and he fills more than one hole for us. I know I do this occasionally, but I think it's another good example of what the Rams have done well. And, and I don't know who borrowed the idea from who, but this is something that the Dodgers do incredibly well as well. 
if you have somebody that can do more than one thing at a professional level, if you have somebody that can do something that is not just acceptable, but, but better than acceptable, why wouldn't you want that? Think, think about Chris Taylor, right? Chris Taylor, do you need somebody to play left field? Chris Taylor can do it and do it well. You need him to fill in for Bellinger in center field? Fine. He can do it and do it well. You can put him at all four infield positions, theoretically. I know he doesn't play first base, but he not only can survive for a night or two, but he can do it really well. That's what Troy Hill brings back to the Rams. It's this versatility that he has that they're not like, look, Jalen Ramsey doesn't do Jalen Ramsey's a great football player. And I'm not saying that you wouldn't rather have Ramsey than Hill. But when you're talking about a fifth round pick that you let go the other way, and I got a guy that can he play some corner? Yeah, he can do it. Can you have him play a little safety if he needs to do it? Sure. You need to put him inside. Okay. You want to put him outside? Yeah, that's fine. Is he a liability in the run game? No, not really. These are the sorts of players that I think every team is probably looking for, right? That a guy that fills more than one need. You got, we've talked about this all the time, right? Being multiple. And this is what Sean McVay talked. You know, we want to be multiple in everything that we do. And I know he's talking about being able to run some different things out of some similar formations, but doesn't this fit that definition perfectly? Being able to be multiple in many things that you do. Troy Hill, you don't, and, and I can't say it enough that this idea of, look, every player that got drafted last weekend falls into the, we think this is going to work. We hope that this is going to work. We're optimistic that this player will be able to do what we're going to ask him to do. Troy Hill's going to come in. He's going to be able to do it. You know, there, there's obviously circumstances. There's injury. There's bad luck. There's age. There's things that go into this. But uh, the Rams know that he can do what they're going to ask him to do. You just heard what the quote I read from you, Sean McVay. We started doing this with Brandon Staley. We continue to do it with Raheem Morris with a, a, a wrinkle and a twist here. But these are things that we know Troy Hill's capable of, and we're going to ask him to do it all over again. And let's go. I don't have to wait for a guy to get up to speed. And, and, and I do think that it speaks to maybe some of the guys that they drafted, and, and we'll get into this coming up in the next segment, that maybe they think they're maybe not quite as ready as you might hope. Or maybe you think the guys that you have on your roster might not be quite up to the job that you're going to have to ask them to do, and you want to have some options. You want to have some flexibility. And I, we'll just use Robert Rochelle here for a quick example. That I, I think that he's probably going to get the first shot at that other corner job, and if it works out, great, and you put use Hill other places. If it doesn't, maybe Hill gets a shot at it. Maybe uh, Dakota Durant gets a shot out of it. Maybe maybe all of these guys that they picked have a chance at it. But the point being, you have lots of different guys, and and Hill doesn't just fill that one spot. It's three or four different things that you can ask him to do, and you at least know he's going to be able to do it at a base NFL level, that he's not going to be a liability necessary. And that's a big advantage that the Rams have figured out. They, just like the Dodgers have figured out, and just like people started to steal ideas from the Rams, uh, just like teams have started to steal ideas from the Dodgers, having guys that can do a lot of different things, don't be surprised if that becomes a trend in the NFL before too long as well. All right, so speaking of some of those other guys that were already on the roster before the draft, who comes out of the draft feeling pretty good? Who comes out of the draft feeling maybe less good? That's coming up next. But not before we talk about Bet Online as your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs. And you want to get down on Memphis right now? They won that game the other night. Maybe all of a sudden you like the value that's right there. Major League Baseball, uh, I wouldn't recommend the Dodgers. Not a ton of value, but maybe the Angels who were playing pretty good baseball along the way. And of course, you got the big race this week in the Kentucky Derby 
is back. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so the Rams obviously selected a bunch of players in the draft a couple of days ago. And depending on which position you already play, you're probably feeling a lot better about your situation as a Ram, or maybe the opposite is true, a lot worse. Uh, you know, to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about, you saw uh, Ryan Tannehill. He said the other day about the quarterback that the, the Titans drafted. He said, was asked whether or not he's excited about the opportunity to mentor the incoming guy. And he said, well, it's not my job. My job here is not to get the next guy ready to play. My job here is to be the guy that does play, right? I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it may not be the most team-oriented uh, concept in the world, but I also think it's also the most common sentiment that you're going to see among professional. These, these, this is not character development time, right? This is not Little League where we're all here to help you. I do this for a living, and if you brought in somebody to do what I do, that means there's a chance I'm not going to get to do it, which means my income gets affected. I got to go somewhere else. I got to move my family. This is a tough, tough way to make a living. A good way as far as the checks go, but it's tough. So, who are the guys that feel pretty good about what happened over the course of the draft? Let's start with a couple of guys on the edge, right? One of the things that I think most draft people were saying, and certainly if you're a Rams fan like I am, like you are, you watch this, and you know with Von Miller leaving, you, you, you're you going to need somebody to go get the quarterback that's not named Malcolm Floyd and not named Aaron Donald. So who is that going to be? Were they going to go draft one of those guys? They did make a pick like that. They did decide that they were going to go and try to find somebody like that along the way. But Daniel Hardy is a guy that wasn't uh, the seventh-round pick. So we'll see, right? Maybe he's ready to go, but the odds are probably not. There's probably even better odds that he may not make the team as all. He's going to take some time to figure out his game, to figure out the NFL game, the speed of it, all those things. So the winners in this, Justin Hollins and Terrell Lewis, right? These are guys that are going to get an opportunity to fill in that role and see if they can step up in the opportunities given. There is not someone directly behind them. Now, they know they've been part of the Rams for a while. They know that if you don't do it, they're going to go find somebody who will. But at least you get the first bite of the apple right there because the guy that came in maybe isn't right there and ready to go today, day one, camp, game one, middle of the season. Maybe, you know, by the time you get towards the end, maybe by the next season, it's a little bit of a different opportunity, but perhaps by then they've kind of solidified it themselves along the way. I think somebody else that came out of this in, in pretty good shape is Van Jefferson. Van, Van, first of all, Van Jefferson's a really good player. First of all, I think that as far as third wide receivers go, he's about as good as I think you could hope to do, unless, of course, you get Odell Beckham Jr. back, but that's that's down the road. That's Thanksgiving and beyond, best-case scenario. I don't know if there's anybody else on that roster, certainly not Tutu Atwell or anybody like that that is going to be looked at as a real threat to him. You've got Cup, you've got Allen Robinson, you've got Van Jefferson. Robinson just signed a big money deal. Cooper Cup's the best player at his position in the league, in my estimation. And I don't know if there's anybody breathing down Van Jefferson's neck at this point. Certainly they didn't draft any wide receivers, and the guys that are already on the roster, he probably feels pretty good about that. So those are the guys that feel good. Uh, the other part is probably true as well. You saw how aggressive the Rams were. If you if you are somebody that plays in the defensive backfield for the Rams and you are not number five, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, uh, yeah, you're probably going to think about um, your opportunities and what's going to happen because the Rams spent four picks on those positions and safeties and corners, and somebody somewhere is going to get a chance to do. So if you're Robert Rochelle, if you're David Long, if you're one of these guys, 
you need to show up and be ready to go from the jump because there are going to be times where those guys are going to get opportunities. And if they play well and they think that those guys are ready to go, that might mean less opportunities for those players or maybe even moving on to another team, getting cut, whatever it might be. But I think that those guys are probably looking at it saying, okay, I, I, I needed to come into camp and be ready to go regardless, but maybe add a little juice to that because I really need to go to make sure that this kid that just got drafted doesn't take my reps, doesn't take my opportunities, and ultimately take your money. Um, I think the same could be true of the offensive line. Logan Bruss, the player that they got out of Wisconsin, is an NFL player. He's big. He's athletic. He played in a real conference. He's blocked against other high-level defensive players like Aiden Hutchinson and held his own. He's, he's going to play for the Rams. He may even start for the Rams, which means if you are Coleman Shelton, if you are Bobby Evans, if you're Tremaine Ancrum, then your opportunities to start on that team just went down by one spot. I would not be surprised at all if Logan Bruss falls in and is ready to go at the beginning. This is not somebody that you're taking from a small school. This is somebody that played in the Big Ten at Wisconsin. They churn out offensive linemen like crazy, and they're going to be every. They're going to be looking for an opportunity to put him on. So if you're Shelton Evans or Ankrum, you better be ready to go because I, I know Shelton resigned a two-year deal, and and he's going to be the depth. These guys, I think, all make the team because they need an offensive line depth. But the opportunities to play, the opportunities to be the, the down-in and down-out starting guard, well, there's one spot that is very likely to have gone away. Those guys are probably feeling a little bit different about it today than they were before the draft. So, you know, hey, that's life. That's life on a good team. That's life on an aggressive team. That's life in the NFL. That they're, They are drafting your replacement every single year. And unless you're Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald or Matthew Stafford or Jalen Ramsey, you're probably thinking, look, if they can find somebody that can do it nearly as good as I can for a whole lot less, you know what that means. That's probably true for all of us, but in professional sports, that is really the truth. All right, that's going to do it for this issue of Locked on Rams coming up on Friday's Locked on Rams. The schedule is coming out next week. I kind of want to go through the opponents, kind of go through some of the opportunities that may present themselves in that schedule. That's coming up on the next one. Thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen, Locked on NFL. The schedule may not be loaded up with events right now, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked on NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus Locked on NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There is no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked on NFL on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Ram's house.